Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lo Tolst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I talk to artists about the single artwork that's most inspired them. I'm Adam Ons. I am on social media at Spark Parade on all platforms. How you doing? Hope you had a good week. Today, I am talking to the incredible singer Gavin Turek. I am so excited that I got to talk to her. I talked to Gavin about three equally amazing singers, Tame Impala, Brittany Howard, and Raphael Sadiq. Now what's that, you say? Adam, didn't you just tell us last week that you're narrowing the focus and your guests are only going to talk about one thing from now on? Yes, that is true. But this interview is from a few months ago, and it's so amazing. You can't miss out on this. So for one more week, we're traveling back to the time when I talk to guests about more than one subject, and I'm sure you'll be cool with it when you hear how amazing this interview is. So without further ado, Gavin Turek, quick facts about her. She is an L.A. native. She is an incredible singer, songwriter, performer. She is known by many as a disco queen because her music is quite disco-y. She's been influenced by and in many cases also compared to the likes of Donna Summer, Prince, Lauryn Hill, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Giorgio Moroder. Her music is incredible and her live shows are incredible. I got to see her in Brooklyn a few years ago, and it was mind-blowing. So hopefully someday, when this stupid pandemic is over, you will be able to see her live too. Moving on, I got to talk to Gavin about three incredible singers. Quick facts about them. I'm not going to dig too far into any of the artists that Gavin wanted to talk about, because we talked about all three of them in great detail. But quick facts, Tame Impala facts. Tame Impala is the psychedelic music project of Australian multi-instrumentalist Kevin Parker. In the recording studio, Parker writes, records, performs, and produces all of the project's music. The fourth and most recent studio album from Tame Impala, The Slow Rush, was released in February of this year. Brittany Howard facts. Alabama native Brittany Howard is a musician, singer, and songwriter known for being the lead vocalist, guitarist, and main songwriter of rock bands Alabama Shakes and Thunderbitch. She released her debut studio album in 2019 called Jamie, and she has earned in her career four Grammy Awards and 11 Grammy nominations. And then last but not least, Raphael Sadiq facts. Raphael Sadiq is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and record producer. He rose to fame as a member of the multi-platinum group Tony Tony Tony. In addition to his solo and group career, he has also produced songs for such artists as Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Stevie Wonder, Joss Stone, D'Angelo, TLC, En Vogue, Khalees, Mary J. Blige, Whitney Houston, Solange, and John Legend. Phew! 
I know, holy shit, that's a lot to take in, but don't worry, Gavin and I are going to talk about each of these artists in greater detail and at a much slower pace. So, right now, here comes my chat with Gavin Turek about Tame Impala, Brittany Howard, and Raphael Sadiq. Do you remember um, being turned on to Tame Impala, or did you find his music by yourself? Yeah, I think I found out about Tame Impala through KCRW, which is kind of a tastemaker radio station, indie public radio station that is based in L.A., Mm. And they are super supportive of me, so I love them. <laughs> but no, I, I kind of grew up listening to them because I'm from L.A. So I, I'm pretty sure that's when I got introduced to the band. And this was around when Lonerism came out. And mm. um, I just really loved the feels like I'm, oh, feels like I only go backwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that song. And I ended up winning tickets through KCRW to see them live on that tour and they went um or they played a show at what is the venue such a great venue um the fox theater in pomona california so that kind of changed my life and i loved what i heard and saw it was just it was amazing super inspiring and then they had to come and blow my mind with currents which just to me was a perfect album Mm. and there was way too many perfect songs like it makes me angry (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i just have been a a very big fan for many years now i guess because like i think lonerism was at least 10 years ago yeah that is a kind of a serendipitous um entry point just you know winning tickets and then uh i mean you know having a band that you're already aware of but really having your love from for them solidified by this like chance thing that lets you go and see them live yeah i've gotten really lucky i will say about calling in and winning tickets <laughs> i don't know why i just have this touch but i've won I can't even tell you how many times I've won. I've won way too many. It's not natural how many times <laughs> I've won tickets from, from KCRW, that radio station. Um, so, yeah, I love them. But anyways. Yeah, that's your lucky. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so like the, I guess what you said about Currents being this kind of, you know, amazing, perfect album. It is interesting. I think uh, the thing that all three of the artists we're going to talk about have in common is this kind of musical progression um, Mm -hmm. and having this evolving style, expanding style, and always kind of uh, starting out with a, a sound that is maybe not homogenous, but uh, kind of fits into a certain lane for a couple of albums and then really having this moment of expansion. And I think that's true of Tame Impala, that the first two albums have that kind of 60s, 70s, psychedelic rock yeah, kind of for sure. feeling, you know, yeah. the, the, the Beatles in India doing acid or, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden with Currents, and I mean, there are hints of it uh, from uh, the, the first two albums. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But a lot more kind of electronic sounds, a lot more experimentation. For and sure. Yeah. Kind of a, a, a bit more polish. And mm-hmm. um, also, and I think it's it's come through even more in the new album, not being afraid to make proper pop songs like... Uh, exactly. You know, real yeah. radio hits. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm curious to see what if any, um, 
kind of catch on in a more mainstream way from the new album. But mm. I think you're right. Like that's what has been appealing to me about Tim and Paula, even beyond the sonic appeal is, mm. is how they've evolved and how it mean they meaning Kevin, my husband, who's not my <laughs> husband really, but we can call him my husband for the sake of the mm. interview. Yes. Um, <laughs> my husband, Kevin Parker. Um, <laughs> See, this is how rumors get started, and I would not be mad if this rumor mm. <laughs> caught on. Just put it out Probably there. Probably married. So <laughs> <laughs> probably not the best one. Anyways, uh, back to what I was saying. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. They've just really kind of embraced this pop sensibility, and I'm pretty sure he recently did an interview ab about that exact thing and was like, I want to be like Max Martin. I want to make really awesome unabashed pop yeah songs <laughs> yeah. but i i still think that he continues to keep his integrity mm -hmm. i i don't know what the next album is going to sound like but it's he evolves with still keeping like true to i guess his sonic his sonic roots or whatever he uses whatever he puts the whatever amps he uses whatever analog like gear he uses he he definitely has a system like a hack that that really works and that's very very appealing and just so just, yeah i love listening to it. it makes me happy yeah definitely and i think like you said there you even with the experimentation and the introduction of greater pop sensibilities there's always that foundation that that kind of uh tame impala fingerprint that it's still right. un unmistakably him but just moving in different directions and um playing around and like you know the he he appeals to such a broad range of people as well um, yeah you know, he does. I, I think mm -hmm. that rihanna cover was a um huge a, a moment. huge indicator yeah yeah huge moment <laughs> yeah. and i loved i love that she did that i loved how it sounded i was not even mad i love how she did it verbatim she didn't even try to I mean, she made, she inherently makes everything her own, but she, it was so, it was verbatim. It was literally like, this is a exact cover. We're going to do the vocal arrangements the same, keep the song structure the same, instrumentally it's the same. Yeah, that really opened, opened him up, I think, to a whole new, a whole new pair of ears and a whole new audience for sure. Yeah. And I think it's also yeah. a testament to the broad appeal of, his music that uh -huh. Rihanna's cover is identical. Right. <laughs> it doesn't feel at all out of place on Auntie. It's like the, all no, the, you know, the music on that album is really different so to Tame Impala's mm. stuff, but it, right. it, it's just like another piece of the puzzle. It feels really seamless. Um, yeah. I think he's a really strong songwriter and mm. producer, which is not intuitive. Like uh, people, if you're, if you're not a musician, you could think that those two go hand in hand, but they, they don't all the time. It's, it's rare that you get a producer that has this really strong, strong taste in it. Like you said, like this aesthetic stamp, but also can write an amazing, soundly structured, incredibly catchy pop song at the same time. Like that combination is kind of rare in my opinion. And that's mm -hmm. why he's also super special because he's he, and that's the through line. Like if you have the same, essentially the same producer 
for every project because it's not a typical band structure. Like he essentially is the producer and the artist. You, you, you have an opportunity to play and have this cohesivity at the same time, all in every project that you do. Yeah. So that's very apparent to me as well. Pretty much he's perfect and I want to work with him and I'm just waiting for him yeah. to. <laughs> okay. So no. <laughs> working on, on music and getting married, like that seems like. A, yeah, that know, seems very feasible to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're putting it out there. So I'm, I'm putting I'll, it out so there, Kevin. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Um, uh, just going back to what you were saying about him, uh, referencing Max Martin as kind of uh, the whatever, not necessarily role model, but... Um, Epitome uh, of Yeah, talk. yeah. <laughs> kind of, um, <laughs> something that he was gunning for. And I think, again, the difference is, like, Max Martin is a genius. He's made some, you know, absolutely incredible pop songs. But this music still is different. It's, like, kind of off pop. It's not quite the songs that are more radio friendly, but are still not like something you could imagine Britney Spears recording. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, like you said, who knows what will happen with the next albums like this album, the current album, um, not currents, but uh, right. uh, slow rush um, mm -hmm. has lots of like disco -y stuff on it and just feels again, much more like kind of branching out, sticking, sticking a toe in the water of uh, lots of different kinds of music and yeah. seeing what happens and, you know, not being afraid to experiment. Yeah, so, I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And his voice is also through line, that mm. little high voice thing that he has going on, yeah. which is important. Yeah. When you're experimenting, he has the right through lines. He's yeah. really good. He's yeah, really yeah. good. But I really love the new album. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like it. It um it's interesting to me if I'm if I'm comparing it, which I hope he actually doesn't hear this because I hate when people do this, but I'm gonna do it for the sake of the interview. If I'm comparing it to Currents, I would say that Currents has stronger full song like typical song structures present in that album. Like songs that have a beginning, middle and an end that I am connected to. Um, the melodies are very strong. Like it's a good, thorough song that I felt like he had many of those. I always kind of mark a good song is if obviously if you can remember elements of it w after listening to it only one time, but also if you can play it just you and the piano, like that's pretty, pretty solid song. And I think Currents has more of those on it than the Slow Rush. But production wise, I love the risks that he took in the slow rush and the, the different genres he pulled from and even like the kind of West Coast hip hop feel mm. that, that was sampled in, um, I think it's the third song. But yeah, he just, he, 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 I felt, I feel like he had fun with this and, um, I love that he prioritized, prioritized the drums mm -hmm. and the just like these expansive big drum sounds and, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a fun, it's a really fun album to listen to from front to back, in my opinion. But yeah. I, but I think that it's kind of best listened to from front to back. I'm not sure if there's as many standalone, like, songs, um, in the way that Currents had. Mm -hmm. But I still love it. They're just different. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, again, like I, I think what you were saying before about cohesion, I think currents is such a cohesive whole. It feels uh-huh. like um, all of the songs are part of this one organism and they all kind of fit together and it all feels like everything is in the right place. And right. the slow rush feels so much more like that he's expanding out into all these different directions and trying a million different things. And it mm-hmm. still really works. It's like, mm-hmm. even though they don't feel as much like they're, uh, the songs are immediate family, they're more like cousins or something. Um, and uh, it's, it's a little bit more all over the place, but in the best way possible. Anyway, gush, gush, gush. I what, know. What a Ugh. wonderful guy. I can't. um clever smooth segue into uh topic number two Uh, i don't know if that qualifies actually but let's just say segue generally into topic number two uh britney howard yes so were you an alabama shakes fan before or is, is it are you like more focused on the solo album or so britney howard my queen um i heard about her for the first time when Alabama Shakes' first album came out, and I remember hearing Hold On, which was their breakout single, and um, I heard it again. I have to shout out KCRW, the best radio station in the world, for introducing me to Alabama Shakes as well. Um, but yeah, I heard Hold On, and I actually thought that Britney was um, a white guy. Like, I don't know why I just did not see her in my mind as a black woman singing this song and I even know she says come on Britney in the song but I didn't hear that I just thought that this was a really funky like maybe southern kind of indie rock bluesy band and I had no idea what they looked like I just really liked that song and then um I think I heard an interview of them and realized that uh, the lead singer was, in fact, a black woman. (laughs) Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, And I just loved I loved the first album so much. Got really into that. I didn't I didn't see them live, unfortunately. That's something I I regret. (laughs) Mm. But I did love the second album as well. Sound and color. and. When Britney started to release singles off of her, what is now, I think, a classic album, her debut solo album, mm-hmm. Jamie, I think the first one I heard was Stay High, and I just fell in love with it. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's a simple, well-crafted song. I mean, it's just beautiful, and her, her voice is beautiful. I, I love it. I love how it's produced. And I remember walking through, I was in New York at the time when I downloaded it and I was walking through New York and listening to it in my headphones and like the the juxtaposition of the insanity of where I was walking in New York down the street and this beautiful song is just so magical. And I, Mm. I just loved it. And when the album came out, I was so excited and I listened to the whole thing on repeat for a really long time. (laughs) I just, I was so obsessed with it. And then I found out she was performing at the Ace, um, doing just a few kind of pre-tour shows. I think this was in October, November. It was shortly after the album came out. And um, I was blessed with very close to to the stage tickets 
and saw her and it was a go to church spiritual hallelujah like everything mm. you ever need type of experience she's a she's one of the best entertainers living right now hands down and i yeah. do not say that lightly because i don't say that about anybody um, <laughs> she's incredible yeah. yeah just going back to the voice um i totally get how you could have mistaken her for a lot of different uh, demographics of people. Like, uh, I think especially when you are hearing uh, Alabama Shakes music for the first time, her, her voice is so distinct and so unusual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all of these comparisons that get thrown out about uh, Janis Joplin and Otis Redding and um, a, a bunch of, you know, it, to me, it's almost like when people are uh, tasting wine and say like, oh, notes of, um, right. you know, uh, <laughs> this person and this person, but it, it, you can try, I, 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 like my brain kind of squints when I hear her voice, like thinking, who, who does that sound like? Who does that remind me of? And it, the truth is it's nobody. She's, right. she's so, um, her voice is just like this raw power and it's really emotional and expressive and so soulful and just kind of, uh, overwhelms you when you listen to both uh, the Alabama Shakes music, but especially her solo stuff. It's amazing. I, it's very special. In live, it's even more hypnotic. And it's, yeah, it's even more special, I think, live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, again, the comparison with uh, Tame Impala, that definitely when when a singer in a band branches out and makes a solo album, there's always going to be a difference in sound. Um, or at least, you know, it makes sense that that singer would want to, uh, experiment with new things and not just make a carbon copy of what they've done with their band. But Mm -hmm. this just feels like, um, the Alabama Shakes albums are both excellent, but they're very, um, though they are again, kind of cohesive holes. They all are very much the same style. And there's a through line through those albums, at least to me. Um, and the solo album is like, I don't want to say it's like, she's, she has this freedom that she didn't have before. Cause I don't think it was like, you know, being in Alabama shakes was like being in prison or anything, but, um, no, right. you know, <laughs> she, uh, just sonically the production, the, there's so much more exploration and, uh, the songs are just really surprising from track to track. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really astonishing. Yeah. I think there was a freedom and she, she talks about it. She, she did an interview, uh, I believe with New York Times, their podcast, but they were talking about the departure and the transition from Alabama Shakes to this. And, you know, she she definitely there is a freedom. She wrote why why you're right in that it wasn't that she was bound in Alabama Shakes or anything. She was the 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 primary or lead songwriter in that scenario as well. Mm-hmm. But with this, I think she was just inspired and felt like she was allowed to take risks that she hadn't been allowed to take in that space. And yeah, you hear it, you feel it, you hear it as a woman um, of both African and European descent. I personally love how she talks about that mm. <laughs> and, um, and, and the, her experience um, just being mixed. And I love how intimate a lot of the, the, the kind of, 
I guess you would call them more ballady type songs are um, that short and sweet song is, is just so, so intimate. And again, a, a simplistic story that she's telling in a very simple format of a song, but it resonates. Like you don't need to do, she can, she could do these big booming uh, moments where there's obviously a lot of players in the room with her making these expansive sounds and it, it feels cinematic at some points, but then she like be so intimate and you, and you feel like you're there with her and her guitar. So that's the range of her songwriting and her production. It's just incredible. I think she's, I think she's the best. Mm-hmm. So, so incredible. So prolific, clearly prolific. And I cannot wait to see what she does next. I can't right. wait to see what album two sounds like. Yeah, cause she, yeah, she's free. She's free to, to do what she wants to do. And, and you can feel it and you can hear it. And that's so freaking inspiring to me as yeah. an artist. And I, I just think, you know, with any, front person who branches out on their own away from the the band that made them famous it always feels like it can kind of go either way like sometimes it the you know solo artist will either try to do something that's radically different and it doesn't work or you know for whatever reason the music is just not um doesn't kind of capture the public imagination in the same way that the band's music did and with this it's just like the exact polar opposite where i think everybody was interested to hear what she had to say on her own but had no idea what that would mean and having the reality of it be something that took the bones of the Alabama Shakes and just exploded out of that and uh, expanded on it in every possible way and still made it so much more personal. Um, yeah. It was really yeah. astounding. Yeah, I, I completely agree. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so clever, smooth segue number two. Uh, Raphael Sadiq, now of the three artists we're talking about he's uh, been around the longest so uh do you remember from being a kid hearing tony 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 or um, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that, that the kind of first entry point absolutely come on let's get down was my mm-hmm. favorite song mm-hmm. at the time i remember being at a i have this very vivid memory of playing outside at my friend's house i think it was her birthday party that song was blasting, and I just remember thinking, "This is a great song." Yeah. I was probably—I don't even know how old I was. I was so young. I was probably like what seven or six. Like <laughs> I just loved this song, though. I understood it was a good song, and I memorized every single lyric, every verse, obviously the chorus because it was very easy and catchy, and. Yeah, I loved Tony, Tony, Tony so, 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 so much. And then I think I got really into Raphael on his own when he released that. Oh, I don't even remember that album. I can't remember what it's called right now. But um, Uh, like that that song. No, it was way before that. Anyways. It was one of, I want to say it was maybe one of his first solo albums. It was kind of a moment for him. It was definitely a breakout 
<laughs> a breakout moment because it was so different. I don't think it was, was it? Oh my God, it was instant vintage. I'm sorry. But what song was it? Um, wow. Anyways, <laughs> um, that was that was a moment for sure of when I became aware of him in a different way and kind of marked him as a trailblazer. That song, mm-hmm. that album was freaking incredible. But that song in particular, I was like, okay, this is a guy that is on his own shit like he's doing his own thing he's making his own way this is very different to me um this i haven't heard anything like this before so i i really admired him and continue to admire him as he evolved and did like the 60s kind of um r&b music and and then I kind of followed him as he produced for other people. And then he obviously took a very long time away from releasing solo material and did amazing projects like A Seat at the Table with Solange and other things that I'm sure um, were great, too, because he's an incredible producer. But when he came out with his latest album, I was so, so, so excited because Something Keeps Calling, which is a single off the album, was the first single. And when I heard that, I felt like he abandoned any rules that he had on himself from the other albums. Like that, again, he's reinventing himself. Or maybe it's not even as intentional, but I felt this freedom or yeah, just I felt he was allowing himself to do whatever he wanted again. And that's what I had heard those years ago when I heard that one single off of Instant Vintage that I gravitated towards too so much. But I don't know, I guess it was what he was saying in the song and the melody and how it was produced. It was not that 60s kind of doo-wop style that he had done previously. But yeah, he was he was gonna, I felt like it was an indication he was gonna give me an album that didn't have any rules and that was not going to be one genre or one sound and i was very excited to hear it and 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 i think i got that exact genreless beautiful intimate raw honest cinematic at times very intimate at times i just i got it all with that album myself yeah and he's he's another guy and i mean i think you know he's had he's had a longer career and has put out more albums and and all of that but um he is not afraid to flex his muscles even if you know he did those two albums that were kind of 60s soul but then branching out again and doing something completely different there's that lucy pearl album um that's you know again just a uh, completely different thing and involving uh, another singer and so many different ideas from album to album and like you said all the work that he's done for other people as a producer as a songwriter that his fingerprints are all over this you know just huge amount of music and his influence is so huge as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and just to think of like comparing the tony 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 stuff with the the newest uh album uh, jimmy lee the the evolution from uh kind of 80s 
pop hits, 80s and 90s pop hits um, that are still absolutely incredible um, to what he's doing now. It's a different kind of good. It doesn't make you feel like anything that he's done in the past is diminished. It just means, no. that, you know, he's he's yeah. constantly on the move. He's constantly looking for uh, uh, new ways to stretch himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I feel like he led us in as a fan. I feel like he led us into a, a different side of potentially what he's been struggling with over the last 10 years. I don't know, you know, um, he's very candid in this album and talks about addiction and, and he touches on depression and yeah, all, all of, all of these things that I'm not sure I heard in the albums previously. So, yeah. And yeah. It, it's actually interesting because I, I mean, I remember reading interviews with him where he said he, you know, his, his childhood was really hard. He lost, you know, he was, uh, one of 14 kids, I think. And he lost a, a few of his siblings in, uh, really tragic circumstances. And he said he doesn't want his music to be about that. He wants his music to just, you know, be, be something universal that everybody can appreciate. And it seems like as he's gotten older, that maybe he is a bit more, re- uh, reflective and, and wants to kind of share a bit more of him himself. Like his music. Yeah has always been personal. There's always been stuff that's come out, but it's felt a bit more like personal stuff that is shared with the public through universal themes that everybody can relate to. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it is really interesting to see him actually drawing from his own life in a way that is uh, stuff that could really only be applied to to him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I I think it's just a beautiful expression of hardship Mm-hmm. A lot of the songs. Um, and So Ready, obviously, is such a banger. That, yeah. <laughs> that bass line. I played it out. I DJ sometimes and I played it out. And someone was like, who is this? I'm like, what? Is Raphael Steak? And they said, oh, I thought it was Kay Trinata. I'm like, that's, <laughs> you would. You would. But you know who Kay Trinata was listening to? I bet you anything he grew up listening to Raphael Steak. Right. Raphael Steak does that i mean he's a bass player so bass lines he got on lock kitchenada is really good too but but yeah <laughs> like rafael has been around a little bit longer he's a legend he truly is a legend and is so inspiring to me yeah. so in a dream a dream collab oh my goodness i would just would die. <laughs> yeah. So I guess now Supergroup with uh, Tame Impala and Raphael Sadiq uh, could be on the cards as well. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. I feel very satisfied. Um, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, if people who are listening want to find out about music you've got coming out, is social media the best way to keep up with that? Yes. Yeah. I'm usually the most active on Instagram and my handle is just at Gavin Turek, G-A-V-I-N-T-U-R-E-K. Great. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. This was so much fun. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, take care. (laughs) Bye. Um, Bye. Yay. Thanks again to Gavin for such a super fun chat. Listen to her music, please. It will make you feel so happy. She's incredible. Her voice is so incredible. Okay, you get it. Anyway, last week I asked everybody who's listening to send in their inspirational artwork for the week. And lots of people have responded. So I wanted to read out a couple of those. Uh, Donna from the USA. It's cool, Donna. 
No need for specifics here. Just the country is fine. Donna from the USA writes, I've been watching The Sound of Music a lot lately. Totally helps me to calm down and makes me forget about the dumpster fire that the world is right now. (laughs) Thanks for that, Donna. And Daniel from London says, After watching Dr. Sleep, I decided to read Stephen King's The Shining for the first time. It scared the shit out of me, but I loved it. Thank you for that, Daniel. So isn't that fun? Wouldn't you like to hear your inspirational artwork read out on this podcast? Then just send it to me. There's so many ways to do it. You can DM me on social media at Spark Parade. You can email me info at thesparkparade.com. You can even send a voice note and maybe I'll play that on the show. Or you can leave me a review on any platform that allows you to leave reviews and you can leave the inspirational artwork in the review. Okay, so I can't ask you to tell me inspirational stuff if I'm not going to do the same. My inspirational artwork this week is the album by the supergroup Lucy Pearl. I mentioned that in the interview with Gavin. And talking about Raphael Sadiq reminded me of Lucy Pearl, who I loved, loved, loved when that album came out. It's a supergroup with Raphael Sadiq, Dawn Robinson from En Vogue, and... Alicia Heed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest. Pretty strong pedigree already, right? Probably their most famous single was Don't Mess With My Man, but it's just this incredible sound. The fusion of those three incredible artists is just the best. So check that out if you want some music to listen to this week. And lastly, once again, Americans, don't forget to vote. The election is coming up very soon. Please, 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 Make sure you have a voting plan in place. There's all sorts of fuckery going on. People trying to make it very difficult for you to vote. Do not let them. Make your voice heard. Thank you very much. Okay, that's it. Have a fantastic week. I will be back next week with another fantastic episode. Until then, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.